0: Welcome to our Daily Double, where the double take reveals the double standard. Today, on The Grid. The Grid. A digital frontier. I pictured patriots as they moved throughout our country. Do they look like individuals? Or small business? Were the rallies like church? I keep dreaming of a world I hope to one day see. And then, today, I got in. Hello, fellow Americans. This is Chris Coleman, your host with the Kingdom Patriot Group. Welcome to The Grid, where faith, politics, and commerce intersect. Interested in a
1: particular topic that you want us to cover? If so, email us at admin at kingdompatriot.us. That's admin at kingdompatriot.us. We'd love to hear from you today.
0: Welcome to this week's News and Review. In foreign policy and global news, Fox News reports that five U.S. lawmakers make a surprise visit to Taiwan on Sunday led by Democratic Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts. Now, it's not that I disagree with this. I actually don't at all. In fact, I support anything we can do to elevate Taiwan in the face of Chinese aggression. But the timing, the complete disconnect from the executive branch, even a foreign policy neophyte would tell you this is a bad idea to do it this way in this timing. And as one as we expect, China is livid, and who knows what they will do, and I don't trust this administration to respond appropriately with strength. In other news, the World Health Organization renews a push for the global pandemic treaty as the World Bank creates a $1 billion fund for vaccine passports. Now, I don't have all the details today, but suffice this to say that some of the proposals are moving from recommendations to mandatory compliance, including that participating nations would no longer have the sovereignty to make their own decisions in declaring a pandemic. The World Health Organization would do that, and then you as a country would have to respond accordingly. I'm both stunned and yet not surprised. They couldn't do it with COVID, so now I guess the sexually transmitted disease of monkeypox is next on the list. In political news, in an upside-down backwards world, former Minnesota congressman, Democratic congressman, Al Franken, endorsed Liz Cheney in her re-election bid. Now that sounds pretty upside-down, but we know, at least most of us know, that Liz Cheney is a Democrat of late who happens to be wearing a Republican flag. She will not survive the primary. In other political news, Merrick Garland said he would not stand by and let people question The integrity of the FBI and the DOJ as he responds to growing criticism of the raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. Hey Merrick, to which integrity do you speak? The integrity of the FBI and DOJ that wouldn't prosecute Hillary for crimes against the state? Or is it maybe the FBI and DOJ that falsified documents to the FISA court to get permission to spy on Trump and his candidacy? Or possibly you're referring to the FBI and DOJ who went after Trump with the Russian narrative paid for by Hillary's campaign. Oh wait, surely you don't refer to the FBI and DOJ that has ignored the business dealings of Hunter Biden that literally could hold our executive branch hostage. Merrick, newsflash, your team has had an integrity problem for quite a while. In health news, Carnival Cruise Line drops the exemption request for unvaccinated guests and lowers their testing requirements. Hey Carnival, welcome to the party. You are a bit late. In other health news, North Shore University Health in Evanston, Illinois is settling for $10 million with more than a dozen employees who sued them for denying their religious exemption requests. Now, we don't have a lot of details because it is a settlement, so it's hard to know all the ins and outs. So I'm just going to go ahead and speculate. This health system was draconian in its application of religious vaccination exemption requests, they denied them, and then they fired people. The people sued, and North Shore got outside counsel to help. Outside counsel told them, You violated the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and you will lose big in court, and it will be a public spectacle. Better settle now. At least that's what I'm guessing happened. In economic news, now I might report this as political news, but since Build Back Broke Part 2 was passed this week by the House and Senate, we will call this out here in the economic segment because it is going to hammer the economy once again. It was voted on in the Senate 50-50, but VP Kamala Harris casting the tie-breaking vote in order for it to move to the House, where it passed 220 to 207. Despite the 230 independent economists giving their dire warning, despite almost no Republican support in either chamber, this legislation moves forward. In fact, if you add up the votes from both chambers, the total vote was 271 to 257. That means that a $700 billion spending bill was passed by 51% of Congress. I guess in this world, that's a new definition of quote-unquote bipartisan. Folks, for this week's news and review, that's a wrap. Okay, I'm assuming that everyone, I mean pretty much everyone, has heard about the FBI raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. Details continue to emerge, and we'll always learn, at least we'll learn more as time passes. However, today you're gonna hear details that you probably haven't heard before. So let's dive right in and get started. So this is what we know. It involves classified information. It involves record retention. It involves the personal use of cell phones. Cell phones that are known to provide a security risk because they're personal, but they were used anyway because it was a personal device. In order to hide and somewhat secure the personal email account that at times would have classified data on it, the email was hosted on a server in the home basement. Now, there are plenty of security risks highlighted by the staff, but ultimately these were ignored and abandoned, and the server itself was run on a Microsoft platform. Now, early on, the National Archives and Records Administration, more commonly known as NARA, expressed their concerns and the potential violations of government record keeping. And in fact, investigation has highlighted that emails containing classified information were used to transmit information to staff, congressmen, and other folks who did not necessarily have the security clearance to receive such information. And apparently paper copies of these emails were delivered upon request, but many were withheld because they were deemed quote-unquote personal. However, through negotiations with lawyers, it was agreed that the backup servers would be provided. However, even though it's taken nearly two years, they still have not been delivered. A lot of people haven't heard about this, but the personal email server is actually quite rare in government, and it actually never received proper approval to be used. Because you see, government officials, even elected ones, are not above the law. Now, apparently, on this particular server and the policy, the policy regarding email retention was modified to 60 days, but the technician involved forgot to actually enact that or to apply that to the server. So at some point, the server was subpoenaed but the technician had an oh crap moment and then deleted the emails manually post-subpoena through a program called BleachBit. Ladies and gentlemen, if this is true, what do you think should be done? Should Trump be subject to an FBI raid, prosecuted, and convicted of a felony for destroying evidence? After all, this is against federal law, and it violates the rules administered by NARA. Destroying evidence after a subpoena is issued would be a felony. These are very, very serious allegations. More when we return.
1: Hi, this is Sean Griffin, producer and sporadic co-host of The Grid, a podcast production of the Kingdom Patriot Group. Whether you're new to our podcast or you've been with us from close to the beginning, the episode you're listening to right now marks our 49th installment. We are very much looking forward to our 50th podcast. Research tells us that the typical podcast doesn't make it past the seventh episode. So we would like to celebrate our second season and our 50th episode with a fireside chat. We hope to talk about the vision we have to help restore America to our foundational principles and items related to that. Join us. Help us celebrate our 50th episode. Unless something crazy happens in the headlines between now and then, we'll do a fireside chat. I know, I know, a fireside chat in the middle of August? Okay, not that kind of fire, and definitely more than just chat. For Chris Kuhlman and Clay Carroll, this is Sean Griffin thanking you for listening and sharing the grid with like-minded patriots and believers. See you next week. Now, if you
0: said yes, Trump should be prosecuted, I would agree with you. However, this story probably sounds just a little bit familiar. But it's not because it's been in the news recently. It's because everything I just shared with you happened between 2009 and 2016 when Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State and through subsequent meetings, hearings, and negotiations. Even in October of 2016, FBI Director James Comey tried to get ahead of the story to make sure that it did not unduly impact the November election. So let's just take a quick back to the future moment. Did the FBI ever? Raid Hillary's New York home for this illegal server with classified material on it? No. Did the FBI arrest Hillary for not turning over classified emails that were in her possession on this server? No. In fact, the FBI continued over and over to negotiate with Clinton's lawyers to get the servers and thumb drive copies of emails, even though it took years. The FBI knew they weren't getting everything that was there, and eventually, when they did, the server had been wiped. Ultimately, James Comey said there were multiple violations of statutes regarding the handling of classified information, but that no reasonable prosecutor would bring the case. So did Hillary ever face prosecution? Nope. Although I have it on good source that the FBI folks in New York were livid and knew she was dirty, rotten, and was guilty of sin, yet nothing was done. So how in the world is this a double standard? Great question, and I'll answer this when we return, my dad always says that freedom is not passed on through DNA, but rather it must be fought for and protected by every generation. That is why it is never too early to be involved in faith, politics, and commerce. I'm only 14 years old and I'm already a Kingdom Patriot. You should be too. Join the fight for faith and freedom. Go to kingdompatriot.us today. So here we are in today's world. The double take reveals the double standard. Trump took many boxes of information from the White House when he left. And yes, this relates to classified information and record retention, just like Hillary Clinton. Like Clinton, FBI lawyers have met with Trump lawyers to get the appropriate records returned for NARA. Yet when the FBI felt they weren't getting it all, an FBI raid ensues. Uh, Does that make sense? A lot of people don't realize this as well, but let me enlighten you about classified information. In relation to Hillary as Secretary of State, she could not decide what was classified and what wasn't. That is assigned by others. She can protest, she can appeal, but she cannot overrule the classification, nor does she have the power to declassify. That is not so of the president. The president has the ultimate authority to declassify information. And from what we know so far, even though the DOJ is on this witch hunt, Trump lawyers say everything they have taken is declassified and therefore would not warrant a prosecution in the first place. More information comes out every day, and as of this podcast, the warrant had not been released yet, but what I think is more important are the implications. I've heard this from many pundits over and over in the last few days. If Trump is convicted, this felony would prohibit him from holding office again. Do you realize what this means? The truth, the ethics, and the rule of law be damned. This is all about getting rid of Trump. It can't be done through the January 6th sham committee meetings. So on to the next method. Now, I'm not defending Trump. I'm not saying he is is any angel. But he has been targeted like nothing I have seen in my lifetime. You're supposed to be prosecuted for truly doing something wrong. Not because people just don't like you. For example, the Russia hoax. Trump was targeted, yet that turned out to be nothing, but the vigor that surrounded that was unbelievable. If we continue to do this, we're just another banana republic. We might as well be Cuba, China, North Korea, or Russia. And by the way, just in case you don't remember, Merrick Garland, the current acting attorney general, was Obama's last Supreme Court nominee in which Mitch McConnell, the Republican Senate Majority Leader at the time, did not hold hearings in the Senate and ultimately led to a failed nomination. Can you imagine if Garland was on the Supreme Court instead of Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, or Barrett? If this is how he runs the Department of Justice, I shudder to think how he would act as a justice. But I digress. So as we look at this, how does faith apply to this? How does it play out? So I'm just going to share a little bit of my personal thoughts on this and what I've been wrestling with this week. I can tell you that I have continually struggled with the Lord that this isn't fair. Justice seems to elude us. Regardless if Trump did these things or not, it feels like right and wrong are inverted and that evil continues to prevail everywhere we look. And as I pondered this feeling this week, I was encouraged by multiple scriptures as I've read several in the Psalms that the Lord led me to, and I want to share them with you. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. But all sinners will be destroyed. There will be no future for the wicked. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him and on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. You see, if we look at the politics of the day, if we put hope in justice here on earth, man-made justice, we will be disappointed time and time again. If we put hope in the American rule of law because it has served us so well over the years, we're ultimately going to be disappointed. Why? Because ultimately, the law of our land is passed and administered by sinners. Why should we be surprised with these outcomes? Scripture tells us it's going to be like this. We know the life cycle of democracy leads to this. And when you have a country that has abandoned God in every main venue, why should we be surprised? But one thing I want to say to you, based on these scriptures, fellow patriots, our hope, our trust has to be in the Lord, not in what we see with our eyes. Justice will prevail, ultimately, either in this life or in eternity. But our job is to be patient and to place our dependence and trust on Christ. But politically speaking, in the here and now, what does this mean? To me, the deep state machine has to be all in on this. Because if they don't get Trump convicted, it is an almost certainty he will run again. At least, he will now. They have poked the bear, and they might not be happy that they did. Do these people not understand Trump ever since he's been in office since 2016? Has there ever been a fight that he has avoided? In fact, his nature is to fight first and ask questions later. Yet the DOJ just declared war on Trump, and he will not back down. For their sakes, they better convict him because if they don't, he will run out of pure spite. And right now, there's no one on the Democratic side that can beat him in this economic environment. But when I think about commerce and I think more broadly, the thing that really bothers me about this story is the double standard that applies to those who part of the narrative and those that are considered enemies of the state. When the IRS is soon set to hire 87,000 additional employees, It is likely that commerce will be targeted if the business is owned by conservatives that voice their opinion. Would you agree with that? I think that's going to happen. And if that does, that's just entrenching the deep state even more. How in the world can a conservative business survive if the government weaponizes law enforcement to silence those that disagree with them? That is the ultimate vision of the Kingdom Patriot Group, to unite in business those with a like-minded love for God and country. For those who believe in the rule of law and our Constitution, and believe that Judeo-Christian values are not only the founding principles of our country, but are necessary for a free and thriving society. How can you make a difference? By becoming a Kingdom Patriot member. Go to our website, kingdompatriot.us, to join today for only $99 a year or $10 a month. Folks, that's two cups of Starbucks per month. If you do that, you can help us meet our costs to produce the grid and fight for faith and freedom. Till next time, this is Chris Coleman, and I am a Kingdom Patriot.